Welcome everybody to Battle City Broads, our Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast, where we watch every episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters. My name is Jenny. I'm Ellie. We will be uh, continuing our exploration into the first season of Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters. Very exciting. It was a little bit of a rough start, by our opinion, but I think that this episode is a bit more promising. I'm, I'm a little more excited about it. Yeah, I do feel like it's a little bit of a shame that we had our Yu-Gi-Oh! newbie guest last time only watch the first two, because it turns out that episode three is where they actually tell you, like, who the characters are and why they're friends and, like, the critical backstory for understanding what the hell is happening in this show, but okay. Completely. Well, some critical backstory, but the, there's still noticeable critical backstory that's missing, but we'll get to that. Uh, before we dive into the episode, is there... Anything you wanted to talk about, Ellie? Any updates? Um, no, I think we can just get... Oh, wait, yes, I do have not, like, life updates, but I have a little bit of a podcast business, Google business that I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. So we brought this up last time, I think, but then we ended up, like... I think I ended up cutting it out of the actual episode because we were just mm-hmm. like, I don't know, I don't know. Like, so I, I wanted to just remove us not... Not particularly riveting. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have retrieved the accurate information about um the uncut dub of Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm-hmm. So this was made fairly recently. It was like some years back when they were doing in Japan, they were doing like a remastered version of Yu-Gi-Oh Duel Monsters with to like HD quality and they were releasing it and so they were making this uncut dub where they have the original script and stuff and the American voice actors. So they released a couple of DVD sets, but they only did the first nine episodes of the show. So it doesn't go very far, but it exists. So if you want an uncut dub that doesn't change anything, but has the US voice actors, but the same uh, scripts as the Japanese, you can watch the first nine episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh! like that. And um, the only like proper way to get those is on the DVDs, which I think are out of print, but like I'll put in a link. I found some illicit streaming links or whatever that you can check out if you're curious. And I'll put in a link because somebody had like saved them. So um, yeah, I I didn't watch that though. But I just wanted to like get that information out there that there is an uncut dub of the first few episodes. But that's it. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay, uncut. How advanced. My sort of fact before we get into this episode, and that's that for the English dub, the voice actor for one of the characters changed between the second and third episode clearly four kids did not quite like the voice actor they had originally Honda, right? what tristan rather yeah, is it's it tristan Honda? it was it's honda slash tristan um he was originally voiced by somebody named sam regal now he's currently voiced by greg abby <laughs> that's sam regal doing that voice for that first two episodes. originally which is very funny both of them might sound kind of familiar because they're both moderately prolific especially for kids voice actors they also both of them voiced teenage mutant ninja turtles in 2000 2003 so one teenage mutant ninja turtle was replaced by another i was gonna say i think sam regal is most famous for being one of the players on critical role oh wait oh yeah i've never watched critical role which which one is he me neither i don't know critical role is boring to me but i know it's extremely famous He's the bald one, maybe, with the dyed hair. There's there's like eight fucking people on that show. Guy with know. beard who's married to... I only know Matt Mercer. <laughs> I only know the name of the women, and also Matt Mercer is there. I only know Matt Mercer, sorry. Um, okay. But yeah, he's on there. He's in that. I've, I've listened okay. to a little bit of Critical Role, but it was just way too slow paced for me. Fair. But this is not a podcast where we review actual play RPG shows. Um, but that's my take. This is not a podcast where we review way more popular podcasts. Instead, we have our own podcast. And yeah. without further ado, um, let's get into today's episode. All right. So today's episode, episode three, is titled Journey to the Duelist Kingdom slash The Lost Exodia. It was aired May 5th, 2000, originally in Japan, and then was aired in its English dub version in America, October 13th, 2001. So start of the century. I guess the last couple were as well, but I'm just saying it with particular emphasis this time for fun. The space year 2000. Yes. (laughs) So the episode starts with Yugi sort of looking over the town of Domino City and the late afternoon sun. 
uh, and he's basically like, oh, man, let me recap the episode before my grandpa's been kidnapped by Pegasus, and I'm going to have to figure out how to get him back. I wonder what Pegasus wants with me. Could it have something to do with my Millennium Puzzle, which we are not really sure what that is yet. Mm-hmm. But first, he's like, I vow to get him back, and I wonder what game Pegasus is going to make me play. At least in the W, explicitly says, I wonder what game he'll have me play. And I'm like, it's Duel Monsters. It's obviously <laughs> Duel Monsters. <laughs> Gee, I wonder. Um, but to sort of extrapolate from that, I wonder what kind of foul tricks Pegasus will continue to throw his way. In the meantime, Joey is at home, and he has received a videotape at the mail, which considering what happened literally probably yesterday when Yuki got a random videotape, um, Joey explicitly does not know who the videotape is from and is like, let me just throw this in the video, like in my VHS player while I'm alone. <laughs> and I'm like, you literally just saw your gr- your friend's grandpa get soul stolen from a random VHS tape. Why are you being so trusting to random videotape? This one is going to be like the ring is going to be on this one. <laughs> It'd be really funny if during this whole arc, you- Joey was just being haunted by Samara from the ring. That's just like a fun little thing that's going on. They occasionally have to like beat her back. Who do you think would win Yami? versus Sadako from the ring. Oh, I mean, definitely Yami, but I think Sadako would, like, get some good hits in. Somehow Yami would, like, trick her, which would be fun. I think there would be some horror movie casualties. I do not know. Honestly, Tristan would be, he'd be the first to die. He's the most expendable. Hate to say it. That feels correct, yeah. But anyway, Joey clunks in that videotape, questionably, but it is actually totally fine. So we see a young girl with dark brown hair. She looks sort of like she's in a hospital gown. And she says, hey, big bro. And this is Joey's sister, younger sister, Serenity. And she says, I miss you so much. It's been six years since we last saw each other. Remember that time that our parents got divorced and our parents separated us while we were screaming and crying? And then we get a flashback to them being separated while screaming and crying. And Serenity and her mom are driving away. And I was really sad. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, in an incredibly vague statement, Serenity says, well... I'm running out of time, but I was hoping to see you one more time before, you know, and then just ends the video. <laughs> and Joey gets super upset. He's crying. I mean, I guess he did know what she was talking about. So I guess it's okay that it was really vague. Joey knows what you're talking about, but it was really vague. So I, like, I feel like I watched that and was like, oh, she's going to die. She's straight up dead in like three days and he's never going to see her again. Yeah, I think they definitely make you think that, but then they twist it. Off. They'll break it down a little further. Um, So the next day, Yuki finds an envelope tucked into the door of the grandpa's game shop when he gets home, and in it is an invitation from Pegasus. It's got five special Duel Monsters cards. These don't have the normal descriptive text. They're all just a single picture and then the card itself. So it's an invitation to the special tournament, Duelist Kingdom. Uh, very interesting here that Anzu happened to like just know off the top of his, her head she's like oh that's an island which to me I thought was really interesting that like apparently it's like common knowledge because yet again Anzu isn't particularly like in the duelist scene yeah it's just like a well-known island that you can go to the duelist kingdom island. <laughs> like is that a tourist destination so I think in the manga all of the information about like it will be held on an island is like written on the cards so maybe mm-hmm. it's supposed to be that she was like reading the card well in the dub it's before in, in the dub it's very clear that she's like oh yeah isn't that an island duelist kingdom isn't that an island is what she said oh great so i think that is just the dub being stupid i'll allow it that makes sense <laughs> i think there'll be a lot of moments of dub being stupid and you know what i for one think that's part of the charm Give me two seconds. I'm going to pull up my subtitle file so that I can cross-reference specific lines if we want to check where the dub changed shit. Uh, Where the fuck did I save these? You can keep going while I'm getting this. It's fine. All right. So at this point, uh, the gang is sort of worrying about where Yugi's grandpa is. So they do seem to know that something magical happens. Like Tristan explicitly was like, what's up with that weird magic? And Joey's like, I wonder where he's being kept. They have no idea. Because I was curious because the last episode ended very abruptly, so I wasn't sure how they would explain what happened. But the group clearly knows that magic is afoot. But Yugi has basically reached the conclusion that there's no way to know for sure. I have to become a contestant in this game and hopefully winning the tournament will help me win back my grandpa. The entire gang is like, aw shucks Yugi, good luck. Um, but as they're looking at one of the cards, they notice that it says, oh, you can win a vast prize. And the vast prize is specified as $3 million. And Joey perks up visibly at this, like, wait, $3 million, that's a lot of money. In Japanese, it just says, there will be a huge prize money. They're not specific about how much. 
I would say three million dollars is a huge prize money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, I found the I found the line about it being an island. Uh, he looks at the card and and he says, "This card says that we leave in a week on a boat from Domino Pier at nine thirty p.m." And then Anzu is like, "Oh, so you're going by boat? I guess it's going to take place on an island then." So there's like some logic to it, rather than her just knowing the the Duelist Kingdom island, which would make. No sense, because as we'll see, I'm pretty sure this is just Pegasus's personal island. I don't think he lets people on here, even during tourist season. Yeah, exactly. All right, so Yugi meets up with Joey on the roof. They're watching the sunset together. Uh, and Joey says, no matter what happens, I'm going to help you beat Pegasus and get back your grandpa. I'm so grateful because your grandpa taught me the heart of the cards. Heart of the cards drop. I did wonder, why are they at school this late? It's winter, maybe. I don't know. It's winter and the sun is setting. It doesn't seem like winter, though. Don't think about it too hard. It's so funny because with normal students, I'd be like, oh, maybe they were doing after school activities. But there's no way anybody in this group does any after school activities. They all just either (laughs) go home, except for Anzu, who goes to work. Yeah, maybe they had like remedial classes because they're shitty students. Like, I don't know if that's a thing Japanese schools do, but I absolutely believe that all of them could be in remedial classes for different reasons. Remedial classes. Tristan and Joey, because they're idiots. Yugi's smart, but I bet he he just daydreams during class constantly. I wouldn't be surprised if his grades are dog shit. Not yeah. because he isn't smart, but just because he cannot focus. There's a manga chapter where we see their, like, report cards. And I think Yugi <gasps> consistently gets, like, pretty bad grades. Because he's a smart boy, but he just cannot focus. He's got He's probably got ADHD. Or he's just... Or he's in that one level where, like, he's so smart in a weird way that he can't focus on, like, normal classes. That seems on brand for a shonen protagonist, too. I think it's just he, he doesn't apply himself to school. He's like, this isn't a puzzle. Which, you know what? It doesn't matter because he's going to become a pro-duelist. <laughs> exactly. He already knows. He's got his future set for him. So Yuki and Joey have met up. Joey says, I'm grateful because your grandpa taught me the heart of the cards. And Yuki says, I'm glad that we're friends. Do you remember... How we became friends. Now we get flashbacks. It's because of the Millennium Puzzle. So we get some flashbacks. So Grandpa gave Yugi the puzzle. He w- it was found in some Egyptian ruins and no one's ever been able to solve it. And as soon as Yugi touched the puzzle, he had like a connection with it. And there's a very cute visual of this where he's clearly um, explaining sort of the lore of the puzzle to Anzu and she's just like looking at him very affectionately. It was totally a look of like when you have a friend who's telling you about something nerdy that you know nothing about and you're just like, I'm so happy for you, but what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Which I think is a very good Anzu face probably a face she's quite familiar with um so we still don't quite know what the what is up with the puzzle but we do know that yugi was trying to solve it and during this time tristan and joey would basically mess with yugi and play keep away with the puzzle and joey kind of intercedes at this point and says hey we were just trying to toughen you up so that when you faced real bullies you could handle it mm-hmm. but yugi's like uh that seems pretty a uh, pretty generous interpretation because remember the time you literally took one of the main pieces of the puzzle and just straight up threw it out the window um but then Yugi found Joey and Tristan getting beat up by an even bigger bully with huge eyebrows, who, for our fellow Season Zero listeners and long-term podcast listeners, will look very familiar. We know his name is Ushio, but at least in the dub, he's never named. But a rather nasty-looking bully who, also in the dub, he is, like, comically evil-sounding. Like, he's like... (laughs) They they didn't go for subtlety at all. He sounds like a literally a comic book villain. Very funny to me. Um, so basically, this guy was beating up Tristan and Joey. Yugi said, no, those guys are my friends. Don't pick on me. And this bully's like, all right, so now I'm going to beat the shit out of you. But Joey and Tristan were very touched. Joey in particular were very touched that Yugi, despite the fact that his only interactions with Joey and Tristan had basically been them sort of like lightly bullying him, Yugi thought they were friends. So Joey had retrieved the puzzle piece and apologized to him. And that's pretty much it for this flashback. Oh, so <laughs> um, in, in English, you don't get the something you can show but can't see riddle? No, you don't. And I'm so pissed about it. All right, go into what that is, Ellie. And yet again, that should sound familiar to some people. But I was so pissed because basically in that, it's like, oh. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you how this whole flashback goes down in the Japanese. It's very close to a summary of what happened in the manga or what happened in season zero. And I guess four kids was trying to simplify it, but I think they kind of took out some of the parts of it that I like. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Yugi says that um, when he's like explaining the puzzle to Joey, he says this puzzle is something that that you can show but can't see because you don't know what it'll look like when it's put together. I had this feeling that the Millennium Puzzle could grant a wish and I wished on the puzzle that I wanted to have a best friend. Then he's like, I was being bullied by this guy named Ushio who was demanding money from me. This is not mentioned at all in the dub. This is so funny. (laughs) Um, that's when I wished for a best friend. You went searching for that puzzle piece that you, like, threw, had thrown away. And then you see Joey, like, handing the puzzle back to him. And he's like, I decided my treasure is also something you can show but can't see. It's friendship because we can see each other, but you can't see friendship. Oh, I love that line so much. The dub cutting that is a crime. It's a crime. I know. And then it cuts back to them on the roof. And Joey's like, man, did I really say something so corny? And like I point out every time we talk flashback, it is critically important to know that this is not only a corny delivery of friendship, but is also a pun because the word for friendship in Japanese is Yujo. So it's like their two names put together. Cute! So cute! Okay, so two quick things. In the dub, they explicitly say, oh, and that bully got expelled, so it all worked out, which is... Not what happened in the manga. I love that the kids was like, we have to show that their school teachers are responsible and that they reported them and like be a good role model for children. That's very funny to me. I love that. Also, even th- even though we don't get the funny line, we do get another funny line and that Joey, he basically is like, oh, sorry, I was acting like such a jerk to you. And Yuki just goes, oh, you were acting? <laughs> That's very funny. I love that. They make Yugi a bit snarkier in the dub, I think. I was just about to say that. I think in the sub and in general he's just mostly just like a very sweet kind of kid like soft-spoken kid except for rare moments but i think in the dub they really do give him some snark not too much where he's like marvel movie style always quipping but just enough and it's mm-hmm. usually just with people he cares about so it's like a very sweet addition to his character that i like but i thought that was a really good line yeah it's like fun and realistic and it's more it's, i might be talking out of my ass here but i feel mm-hmm. like um uh Japanese culture is not as into sarcasm as Americans are, if that makes sense. Like, have I, that might be completely off base, but I think that's a thing. I think, feel free to, we're just two white girls from America talking shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know shit. I don't, I can't speak to like Japanese culture, but I do think at least in anime, snark is like less common and yeah, usually yeah, yeah, it's yeah. associated with characters that are actually a bit meaner. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that you're totally on brand, at least for the media type. Yeah, like, I don't know how reflective that is of actual Japanese culture, but that's kind of, like, whereas I feel like in, um, they make him, that's a very, like, typical way for, like, high school boys who are friends to relate to each other is, like, joking and, like, being sarcastic at each other and stuff like that. So I think that's, um, a good touch, I think, to the character in English. Yeah, so flashback done, we now sort of get Yugi and Joey's dynamic a bit more, and most importantly, Joey promises, because of their friendship, that he's gonna figure out some way to help him with Pegasus. So tomorrow, the next day, Yugi's about to head out to the boat alone, um, to head Mm -hmm. to Duelist Kingdom. So he gets to the pier, and a bunch of duelists have gathered. We see a couple familiar figures, such as uh, Rex uh, Underwood, Dinosaur Boy, and... Rex Raptor? Wait, we Rex Raptor. That's their ship name, I guess. That's what his name is going to be once they That's get married. That's after they get married, and Rex takes his last name. <laughs> <laughs> Rex Raptor and Weevil Underwood and some other people who are like, that might be a character because they have anime hair versus some random NPCs. <laughs> yeah. I think there was a really funny shot where it's like Yugi in the middle of a bunch of generic looking background randos. Yes. I wonder which one of these people is the protagonist of this show. I might make it the screenshot for the tweet because it was very funny. I made that note as well. Um, So as the bodyguard who is sort of uh, welcoming them to the ship gives them a quick explanation that everybody has received two starships that will grant them entry to the tournament. They're all the best of the best um, and they were invited because of their performance in past Duel Monsters tournaments and contests. And because of these two starships, they're all going to have a fair chance to win, though it isn't quite explained yet. So it's time to board. Um, but as they're boarding, it turns out Joey was attempting to sneak on. Mm-hmm. And Yugi runs up and says, oh, what are you doing? Joey's like, I told you, you weren't going to go alone. I'm coming with you. And while there's this commotion, because Joey got caught really easily, we actually see Tristan and Anzu sneaking in through the cargo. So clearly everybody was like, we're going to sneak on. 
I I don't know if Joey, Anzu, and Tristan like coordinated this plan. It doesn't or if- seem like it. It seems like they just completely independently decided that they both had to sneak on the ship because they're taking like different routes in, which is very funny to me. It's very funny to me that for some reason they didn't all, even though like two episodes they were like, we're we're like inseparable friends. Let's write the smiley face on our hands and all this kind of stuff. Now they're like, we're going to split up and all attempt to sneak on <laughs> to help Yugi independently. But anyway, Anzu and Tristan are able to slip in through the cargo hold while this commotion is happening. The bodyguard uh, says, only those with starships are allowed on board. You can't come. And Yuki says, but Joey does have a starship. And he takes one of his two starships and gives it to Joey. And the man says, listen, you don't know the rules to the Duel's Kingdom tournament yet, but actually you're going to want all the starships you can because that'll give you a huge disadvantage in the tournament. But Yuki says, I'll take that risk rather than be without my friends. Yeah. And the man's like, I'm going to go Pegasus and ask what's up. And we don't see Pegasus's answer, but... We do cut away, and when we come back, after picking up with Anzu and Tristan, who have successfully snuck on, when we cut back to Yugi, Joey is with him, so clearly he was allowed on. And so now they both have one star chip that allowed them entry to the tournament, yeah. and Joey is now a duelist in Duelist Kingdom, even though he de- technically didn't get invited and doesn't have the invitation cards, which I'm sure will not come up in any sense in the future. I'm sure that won't be a problem. Yeah, Yugi just, like, rules-lawyered him onto the boat. Like, technically, all it says is that a starship is proof that you're a duelist. So if I give him one of mine, that gets him in. Fair enough. And you know they called Pegasus. We don't see this, but, like, you know the guy called Pegasus, and Pegasus is like, hmm, that's hilarious. Let him on. <laughs> well, okay, because... All right, so, sorry. I just I just forgot that, like, you can call people over a long distance, because I was like, how would they call Pegasus? He's on the island. And then I was like, it's not a walkie-talkie. Like, they can just phone him. The fun thing to me is that this actually was probably filmed in 2000 when cell phones were way, way less common. Mm-hmm. So actually, probably to some people watching, was like, wow, a cell phone? He's really rich. Whereas now, of course, it's like, I could call Pegasus if I wanted to. They had to page him on his Blackberry. You know Pegasus would have that bright pink Nokia phone. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. He'd be the first bitch to get that. The, the envy mm-hmm. of all the 13-year-old girls in my school. I feel like we we talk about, like, Naruto openings all the fucking time. But do you remember that one ending of Naruto where it's just, like, all of the girls on flip phones? Yes. <laughs> and it's just, like, Sakura on her little flip phone staring out the window. And it's, that's what you themed your opening after? Or- endings. Endings in Naruto are always themed so weirdly. They're, like, there's the whole beach one. I'm trying to think of, like, a really good anime ending. And I can't really think of many. Um, the endings of JoJo, where they have the classic rock songs, oh, well, yeah. are the perfect okay, anime Okay, sorry. Endings. This is a slight tangent, but I promise I will keep it to a minute. I'm keeping my eye on the clock. Did you see the uh, the opening they posted for JoJo uh, Stone Ocean? The CGI no, opening? No, I, I didn't. <gasps> it's so good! Everyone, check it out. It's amazing. Why would, why would you bring this up to me, Jenny, when you know that I can't just immediately go watch it right now? Oh, I'm so hyped for Stone Ocean. It drops in... It By the time this comes out, I believe you will be able to watch the first few episodes. Mm-hmm. But as of recording, it drops in like less than a week, I believe. I'm so excited. Maybe I'll finally be motivated to read it once I watch the anime. <laughs> You're f- gonna finally know what happens in Stone Ocean. I'm so excited for you, Jenny. I'm excited for me too. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. <laughs> We're in Duelist Kingdom. Yugi and Joey are on board the ship now with their single starship each. And Joey's saying, thanks, pal. And Yugi's like, well, we should try to keep it quiet because if people know that we only have one starship, I don't really know what the disadvantage is, but people might try to take advantage of us. As soon as he's saying people might take advantage of us, it immediately cuts to this incredibly hot lady. (laughs) She has got bombastic blonde hair. All she's wearing is like a white lace-up corset and like a purple jacket. And she looks great. And her name is my valentine my valentine hell yeah so yuki and joey see her and and like she's very attractive so both of them are kind of like yuki like clearly looks a little flustered and shy joey immediately makes what i can only describe as the awooga face (laughs) yeah that's real yeah (laughs) and he is in awooga mode throughout this entire interaction and it is hilarious by the way her name is my valentine which is a very funny pun the name on four Mm -hmm. kids part in the dub and in japanese her name is my kujaku and kujaku means peacock so it's a pretty like suitable name for her fanciness yes so my goes up to yugi completely ignoring joey and says oh i heard about you you're the kid that's supposed to beat kaiba huh and he's like well yeah technically i did beat kaiba that one time 
she says, well, I'm interested that you were able to do that, despite the fact that you're so tiny, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, and Joey attempts to intercede and go like, well, I'm I'm his best friend. So, uh, you know, that gives me some cred. And at this point, Mai says, you're either a champ or a chump. You better cut this guy loose or you'll deserve to be crushed. In which case we get a God tier Joey line where as she walks away, he just goes, please crush me. <laughs> oh, my God. The dove was really going to weren't they wow yeah that's not that doesn't happen in the sub it's pretty straightforward the dub was so it was amazing i was hollering also in my notes like right after he said that i was like please crush me and i was like same <laughs> so anyway uh so Ansu and tristan as we mentioned have snuck aboard and they are close to yuki and joey but they are um still like in the cargo hold but however they've clearly found them and are like hovering under them and so anzu has overheard her say this and go like oh this is my sounds like a total bitch nobody's better at dual monsters than yuki so don't even try it and even though tristan it's not even clear if, if he can see her he's like she sounds hot so <laughs> doesn't in, matter um, in japanese anzu's like both yuki and joey are trying to flirt with her this is why men suck which is funny in many cases, partially because but that direction, Yugi, he doesn't even get a blush sticker. He just seems like generally flustered by being around an attractive woman. And he does not say anything remotely flirty. Yeah, barely even like actually talks to her. He's just there. Joey is literally like, I will be your slave. I'm in love with you. <laughs> um, but Anzu, I think they were trying to get to like maybe Anzu being a little jealous over Yugi because yeah, we. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, our shipping watch. So despite the fact that Joey definitely snuck on, the next scene is him basically throwing a fit because he's like, the rooms suck, even though there wasn't a room for him. <laughs> um, and Rex Raptor comes up and says, well, the private rooms are reserved for people who were finalists in previous cha championships like mm -hmm. me and Weevil. Um, and Weevil is also there. And Yugi and Weevil kind of connect for a bit. Yugi's like, congrats on winning the regionals. And Weevil says, oh, I don't really consider myself a champion until I defeat the duelist who beat Kaiba. So I'm sure that at one point Yugi will get to duel and I'm looking forward to it. And Yugi also says, oh, I'm looking forward to it. But they have very different energy as, you, as they say this. <laughs> at this point, Weevil says, oh, I'll let you in on a little secret since we're probably going to be the top duelists here. There are new rules that only apply to duel monsters on Duelist Kingdom Island that require more strategy. At this point, Rex says, rules are for wimps. In dueling, you either smash your opponent or you get smashed. Which, at this point, I don't know why, but for some reason, I was like, Rex and Kaiba have the same approach to dueling. Discuss. That's true. Well, both of them have that, like, beat down deck type strategy. Exactly. It's so funny because it's like when Rex does it, you're like, uh-huh, sure, kid. But it turns out when you're hot, six feet tall, wear trench coats, and have three blue eyes white dragons, that sounds really cool. Whereas when you're a tiny little dinosaur man who says it, you're like, uh-huh, whatever. <laughs> weirdo <laughs> yeah the tragedy <laughs> of living but yeah kaiba has style that's the thing <laughs> oh also um at one point during this weevil is like is that yugi he's just some kid and i'm like you're the same age that's <laughs> a weird thing it's to so say. funny because during this entire interaction rex weevil and yugi who are all like you as we've established yugi is very small and rex and weevil are like his height so basically when they're interacting with joey interacting with joey it's like three hobbits and a normal sized human is what it looks like <laughs> yeah basically. So anytime they they call like yugi a squirt or whatever it's like you are literally the same height as him and in fact you might be even smaller the hair they all have hair of different heights very hard to tell mm -hmm. i think rex and weevil are, are the same height as him a little taller i think rex is a little taller I'm trying to imagine Rex and Weevil next to each other, and I feel like Rex is a little taller than Weevil. Um, anyway, this doesn't matter. <laughs> so Joey realizes that some of the other duelists on the boat are trading cards, and he sort of goes into mad frenzy. He's like, I need stronger cards. I'm going to go trade. And Weevil kind of snidely says, well, if you're not, like, if your deck isn't good enough yet, then why'd you even come here? Great Weevil impression. Thank you. I should, I should whip it out more. So my... In a very similar kind of annoyance with Joey, so, they have so much in common, um, is like, I hate our rooms. They suck. This is a luxury cruiser. Why don't I have a yeah, nice well, room? So we should be specific about the whole room situation. They're basically, they've been directed oh, yeah. to like all sleep in this big communal area. There's no beds or mattresses yeah. or anything. It's basically like, just hang out in this giant lounge. It is legitimately scummy. Mai says, you can't ask a lady like me to share a room and there isn't even showers. <laughs> Which is kind of true, because that would suck. I would also be annoyed if there weren't no showers. Rex comes in and says, well, I have a room. And Mai uses her charms to get a visit to his room. Mm. 
Um, there's a quick shot to Anzu and Tristan. They're basically like complaining because they have to live in the cargo hold and um, Tristan's kind of messing with her a bit. However, as they're sort of bantering, she sees somebody come out one of the doors and she notices it's a boy with long white hair. And she says, I think that's our classmate, Bakura. What is he even doing here? And Tristan's like, oh, well, maybe he's like a duelist who was invited. Probably doesn't matter. So we've never met this kid. Who is he? <laughs> he seems weird. He seems, I mean, we don't know if he's weird or not, but he's just chilling. So I guess another classmate of theirs got invited to Duelist Kingdom, huh? He's just also there. Yeah. Back in Rex Raptor's room, Mai lays on the charm and says, let's have a duel. Let's have a friendly duel. I heard you're a pretty, you're a finalist. I want to test my skills against you. If you win, I'll give you a kiss. But if I win, then I get your room. Oh, if, if you win, I'll give you a kiss? Yeah, that's what he, she says in the dub. They made it somehow more specific, but also less horny. In Japanese, she says, if you win, I'll do anything you ask. <laughs> That's, I feel like, that's that's less specific, but more horny. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And she's also like, I like strong men, but only if they're stronger than me. She does not say that, but uh, it's, it's on brand for her. All right, so Joey comes back really quickly with all the cards he got. He got some random cards that we'll be seeing over the next couple episodes, most notably um, Salamandra mm-hmm. and Baby Dragon. And then Yugi says, oh... Great that you now have some magic cards because you don't have any magic. You didn't have any magic cards before. And so Yugi says, hey, I want to give you one of my cards. Um, And it's really cute because he takes out his deck and it's clear he keeps his deck in the Millennium Puzzle Box. Yeah, I think that's always been a thing. Yeah, that's so cute. I didn't realize he brought that to Duel's Kingdom, too. I just thought Mm -hmm. that was adorable. So Yugi gives him the card Time Wizard and says it's kind of a weird card, but it can be really helpful in a weird spot. So quick cut to Mai and Rex. Mai says... Oh, before we get started, here, how about you shuffle my cards, and if you draw cards, I can actually guess what they are without seeing them. And so he picks three cards in a row, and she's able to name them perfectly, and says, uh, I know every card in the deck, and I can choose which one to pick at any time. Um, so Rex is intimidated, he's clearly thrown off, and he thinks sort of, okay, dueling this chick might not be as easy as I thought. Yeah. So back on deck, Weevil sort of uh, lured Yugi away and says, oh, were you able to get any cards? Were you, did you trade for any cards? And Yugi says, oh, no, I didn't feel like I needed to trade. But I've heard a lot about Exodia. Didn't you beat Kaiba with Exodia? Is it possible that I could see them? They're supposed to be totally legendary. Yep. And Yugi says, oh, of course, please be careful with them. So he hands him the five Exodia cards. Weevil says, I, I've been trying for forever to think of a strategy to beat them, but I couldn't think of anything. Until now. And then he proceeds to just throw the five Exodia cards overboard, tackling like a maniac. Yeah, doesn't he, um, I think I remember in the dub, doesn't he yell, say goodbye to Exodia! to Exodia! I was like, I had that in my head. And um, in the Japanese, he's just like, this is my strategy. (laughs) It is funny. I was like, I couldn't think of a strategy until right now and just chucks them. So he chucks them. Yugi starts freaking out. And Joey says, oh, don't worry, pal, I'm going to get them. He jumps into the ocean. Uh, And Yugi's like, oh my god, do not drown yourself over these cards. So Joey's able to get about three of the cards. Two, I think. Oh yeah, two and he's going for a third. Mm -hmm. And he's like, if I can't help Yugi, um, if I punk out now, who's going to help Serenity? How If I can't help Yugi, how can I help Serenity? All I do is try to help people and it never works out. So he's desperately trying to get all the cards. Oh, that's not in Japanese. That's kind of nice. Yeah, he does say that. So um, Joey, unfortunately, this ocean is too strong. So after he gets a couple, he starts to sink and Yugi jumps in after him and is able to pull him back to the surface and presumably... I was kind of like, okay, now you're both down there. What are you going to do? But yeah, unclear exactly what happens, but they are able to be safe. Drove me crazy. Oh, wait, no. Anzu and Tristan throw a ladder down, the uh, the rope down. They finally reveal themselves and they throw a little rope ladder down and they're all saved. So the power of friendship coming in clutch. I just thought it was so stupid that Yugi also jumps into the ocean instead of like calling for help. Like, thank God Anzu and Honda were here or they would have both just straight up drowned and <laughs> drowned. died. Unless like unless Weevil told someone, but like I don't think Weevil even saw Jinochi jump because he left. Mm-hmm. I think that literally nobody was like watching them and Yugi just fucking launched himself into the ocean. Like what he should have done was immediately like call for help, which we're going to get to the manga uh, <laughs> comparison later. But that is what happens in the manga. He's immediately like, get rescue equipment, call the guards. And I'm like, thank but you. Nobody that was actually like, smart. Going in. <laughs> Slightly smarter. <laughs> I just think it's really stupid that he jumps into the ocean. <laughs> it's a touching moment, but also it's like, why? <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> 
So right after the save, we get one more cutaway to Mai and Rex Raptor, and Mai is kicking Rex out of the room. She has beat him in a dual monster game, and now Rex Raptor, uh, or now she has his room, and Rex is pissed. So a new rivalry has been born. Back on like the top of the ship, the gang is back together again. They're basically all like, we're a team, we're going to stick together. Joey finally tells them what's going on with his sister Serenity slash Shiz- Shizuka in the sub, and says she's about to lose her eyesight. Um, and the doctors have said there's no, there's no, in order to sort of save her life, we're going to have to, like, take her eyes out, basically, or, like, she's just going to lose <laughs> it, her eyesight no matter what. They, I think it's like, there's this special surgery that they're, that they can do, yes. but that it's really expensive. But it's really expensive, so he's hoping to win the prize money to help her from going permanently blind. So death is not necessarily on the table, but permanent blindness, which mm-hmm. does suck. Um, so basically now, all the secrets have been laid bare, and Yugi's gonna try best for his grandpa, Joey's gonna try for his sister, and uh, Anzu and Tristan are now helping them on the way. And that is the end of the episode. In the Japanese, and I'm not sure, I think this was cut from the dub, um, but you, mm-hmm. we end on like this shot of like Yami's face floating in the sky, and then we, you hear him saying like, Haga, I'm gonna take you out first. So I guess, and I think four kids cut that. Um, that is, yeah, that is not there. <laughs> I guess it was just like a reminder that Yami Yugi also exists because he hasn't been in this episode. <laughs> and uh, so I want to sort of get into an episode review before mm-hmm. we go into Manga Corner. Um, so I love this episode. I think this proves my my theory, which will come over come up over and over again throughout the series, which is the best Yu Gi Oh episodes don't have any <laughs> monsters, <laughs> actual duels. Yeah, well, yeah. I think it's a really solid episode. It's definitely my favorite episode of Duel Monsters so far. But I think one thing that's interesting is we've finally gotten some friendships backstory, yes. especially for Yugi and Joey, mm-hmm. and we will get a, we will get a, some additional friendship backstory, especially for Yugi and Anzu later. But we've got some friendship. We finally see, like, sort of how they function as a group. Lots of good character moments for a lot of people. Yeah, and I think it does a really good job of setting up these new duelists who are going to be a threat. Like, we already saw... We saw Rex and Weevil in the, like, tournament on TV. Now we see a little Mm -hmm. more of both of them. So we've already established, like, kind of who they are as people. And we've also seen Mai. And we've established, like, what her deal is. And set up this, Mm -hmm. like, mystery about her secret power. Her secret ability. She's got secret power. She's a really fun, new, interesting dynamic to the boys' gang of dual monsters. Yeah, it's nice to have a female duelist. It's, I love to have a bitch on, on yeah. screen, so I'm having a great time with I her. I love to have a bitch on television, <laughs> yeah. I love my... <laughs> Honestly, all of the villains, all of the duel, other duelists are very fun this arc, so it's a really good... Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. We'll meet even more next episode, so I'm excited for that, but... So generally, some of the backstory is good. We get a little backstory about the puzzle, though obviously not much. And also the biggest problem is that we still, they haven't really explained Yugi's other self, Yami, yet at all. Mm -hmm. So if you were hoping for any backstory about that, that's not coming for a while. (laughs) Yeah, I still... (laughs) Or at least not in the next um, couple I know I said this before, but I still wish that they could have just done... This flashback stuff could have happened in the first episode. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if I were, like, the person making this, and they've told me, okay, what sells is the Mm -hmm. card game, so we're gonna skip all of the bullshit from all of the non-card game-related shit from, like, the first seven volumes of the manga, and we want to catch up to the manga as quickly as possible, so we're just gonna start at the Duelist Kingdom arc. I still think that it would have been better to be like, okay, but you can afford to have maybe, I don't know, two episodes at the beginning before we get to Duelist Kingdom where it covers their friendship backstory and what the fuck is going on with Yami Yugi in some amount to the amount that was true, in true. the manga. Like, we don't need to have, like, Bakura and all of the other manga stuff, but yeah, I think it's kind of... I feel like I've totally lost the thread I was of what I was saying. Yeah, that the flashbacks are cute, but that in this, they come off as like, why did we have to wait for this long to get this when it was what happened before? I don't know. I guess it's just, it's just a weird order, but I'm glad that we got it. Mm-hmm. And no, I'm I glad totally that we got it like relatively qu- quickly and mm-hmm. everything else that happens in this episode is fun. So yeah, that's my thoughts. So very good episode. Favorite so far. Sounds like a pretty thorough review. Do we want to get to Manga Corner? Because I think I've mentioned before, but I had read the original chapters of the Yu-Gi-Oh! manga, but I've not read any of the Duel Monsters manga, so I'm very interested 
Yeah, uh-huh. Um, real quick, before we get into the manga differences, I would like to introduce what I think can be a -hmm. new segment, which is that I discovered that there is a comment section on these episodes on Crunchyroll. Oh, yes! I forgot about this! So, I would like to, um, give some shout-outs to a couple of Crunchyroll commenters. So, this is my Crunchyroll comment of the day. I have two. Hell yeah. One is somebody whose username is DarkMagic8, who makes a fairly serious comment that I agree with. They said, watching this again after so long, it's hard to ignore how these early episodes are trying to cram seven volumes worth of character and plot development in so that they can quickly get to the part of the plot that actually made the series popular. I agree. (laughs) True, true. I would also just like to shout out to the top comment, which is somebody named, whose username is Kurama Gaming, who just says, Haga is a piece of shit. (laughs) Yeah, so true, King. (laughs) How dare they do that to our boy Exodia? How dare they? There was also somebody who was like, it actually makes sense for Haga to be that worried about Exodia because all of his strategies take so fucking long when we get to them. So even though Yugi's deck doesn't have any good deck searching cards that he would actually play with an Exodia deck build, I was like, y'all, this is not the level that I approach the show on, but I'm glad there are people out there who are thinking about it. That is so true, though! That is so true. A lot of, we'll see next episode, but a lot of uh, Weevil's strategy relies on, like, stuff happening slowly over turns so it's like just more and more turns for exodia to get drawn he's yeah, exactly. particularly vulnerable i was like yeah that actually does kind of make sense i never thought oh about crunchy it. roll comment section but yeah i mean from a narrative point of view it's really obvious that the reason they got rid of exodia is because that way you wouldn't spend every duel being like i hope he wins with exodia <laughs> like yeah i guess we haven't talked about that but i mean like as a kid i remember watching this and just being like heartbroken but like it's such a clear thing once you're over 13 of like oh yeah that was a really good choice because him having exodia would have been like super stupid yeah and i also Mm -hmm. like it because i think it shows yugi's consistent character flaw which is that he's just so nice to nice and trusting especially of other gamer boys (laughs) yes he's too willing to trust gamers as we have established so uh, it's a very in-character thing. It sets up Weevil as a good... I think he's the, basically the first minor antagonist. Yeah. And he's a little creep. And yeah, it's it's the game is just better without Exodia, to be frank. Like, mm-hmm. it worked that one time and it worked really well. But in terms of like yeah. actually mm-hmm. making the game play consistently... I actually really like playing an Exodia deck in Duel Links. But like, it doesn't make ah. for a good... Um, good narrative television because exodia is basically if you're approaching it from the level of the actual card game strategy it's a gimmick deck so it a lot of it relies on luck of like how how many cards of exodia you get like right away and if you actually play exodia Mm -hmm. your actual strategy these are my dual links hot tips you want cards to stuff your deck with cards that let you like draw more cards or like shuffle more cards into your hand classic dual searching so yeah exactly like deck searching type stuff and like they're not Mm -hmm. going to actually build yugi's deck to do that because they want to show off a lot of different types of like cards and monsters and stuff so you can't give your main protagonist exactly a a deck built around a gimmicky win condition you have to give him like a normal deck with like normal monsters and shit and then you can give the antagonists gimmicky decks the gimmicks that's so true so it it makes sense and yet again it's it's the perfect level where it's like it makes sense logically and then it's not super obvious to like kids or young Mm -hmm. people watching that that's what's happening which i think is really really good and sometimes difficult balance that they don't always master but this time yeah i do remember as a kid being like really upset about it (laughs) yeah but it's great because it makes you just want to fucking strangle weevil and you get catharsis pretty soon but before we get into that let's let's do the manga differences so um this is based on Yu-Gi-Oh! duelist chapters four and five uh so for the most part i would say that um especially like after they get on the boat everything is pretty close but um Mm -hmm. the beginning part is different in some ways they're mostly like because we have had the previous seven volumes of the manga we can do this but they're not doing it in the anime So first of all, there's this weird Mm -hmm. thing that I actually had almost completely forgotten about, which is that Pegasus has stolen Grandpa's soul, right? Yes. Well, in the manga, Grandpa's soul has been put into the videotape. Oh! So they have, like, the actual videotape. So they have his soul, they just... 
So they have Grandpa in, like, videotape form. Oh my god. <laughs> so what Yugi has done is he has put that videotape into a camcorder and is, like, carrying the camcorder around. Wait, can he communicate with Grandpa? Yeah, he can talk to him. Grandpa's just on the camcorder That's screen. so good! Oh my god. <laughs> and they're hanging out at school, and then Bakura comes up. It's very funny, actually. Bakura comes up to them and is like, Hi, everybody! Good morning! And they're all just like... <laughs> Is hey, it? Run. He's like, are you, are, you, are you guys sad about something? <laughs> he sees them looking at the camcorder and is like, is this a video phone? And then um, <laughs> Yugi is just casually like, no, my grandpa's soul is stuck in this video. I feel like considering what happened with them last time, Bakura's like, damn, that sucks. I hate when that happens. I, I thought we were done with all that soul shenanigans. Yeah, and then there's kind of a, and then Grandpa's trying to cheer them up, and he's like, I'm doing okay. Don't you all get down. You have, can only solve things if you're, um, stay cheerful and stay positive, which is cute. Oh my gosh. I wanted more, more Grandpa interaction. I know. So good. So then, oh um, gosh. we've been talking about Yugi's ability to, like, communicate with his other self and stuff in the season zero and manga kind of version of the timeline i guess like we don't really know anything about that in duelist kingdom but like we had been talking about that in the mm -hmm. manga continuity mm -hmm. so at this point um yugi is like well i'm feeling okay but the other me isn't and then anzu is like oh have you learned how to talk to your other self and yugi says no yeah. it's not like i can actually talk to him but i can kind of sense what he's feeling Ooh. and i think he feels bad about listening to pegasus or about about listening about losing to pegasus Aww. and then in a very cute moment Genochi like picks up the millennium puzzle and yells at it like other yugi in there cheer up and yugi's like i don't think it works like that <laughs> that's so good oh my god you're gonna inspire me to read this i, I was like I, i'll hold off for a you while. need to read it jenny there's like a lot of fun stuff so anyways that's just a couple pages but um then basically they sit around and they explain to bakura like everything that happened with pegasus and they're like, oh, yeah, Pegasus has a mille another Millennium item like yours. So then Bakura just is like, oh, like my Millennium Ring. And then just pulls the Millennium Ring out of his backpack. And they're all like, why do you still have no! that? Like, as long as I'm not wearing it, it's fine. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Which is just classic Rio Bakura bullshit. Um, he's like, I know the rules and it's fine. But yeah, and he talks about, my father bought this ring from an antique store in Egypt. So now we know how Bakura got the ring, which I think is the first time we've heard that. True. But as you know, just like Yugi's puzzle, there was another personality inside of it. Although, like, his personality was evil. And then Bakura says, I really want to find out what the secrets are of those Millennium items. So if Pegasus has another one, then I bet he knows the answer. Um, so like, when Bakura sneaks onto the ship and stuff he's just with honda and anzu like he just comes along with them there's no like bakura sneaking around type stuff i was curious about that well in this in duel monsters in the show he seems to not even be sneaking around i guess like he was invited or maybe like he just wandered on and like he's like little gray man status where like they just don't even they like see him out of the corner of his eye and they just don't even question him <laughs> yeah, cryptid bakura cryptid bakura wandering onto ship we might get more explanation for that later but for now i'm gonna assume it's cryptid bakura he doesn't have a duelist glove, does he? Like, I don't think he was invited. It would be really funny if he, like, was invited, he has it, he just never wears it or duels the whole time because he just can't be- he, like, demotes himself to- Cryptid status, as we've previously established. I mean, we might get more of a breakdown later. Yeah, so then, um, at the end of this scene, this really cracked me up. Yugi is- he gets up and starts walking away and they're like, where are you going? And he's like, sorry, I want to be alone for a while. Wait, not me. I mean, the other me. And then I just thought it was so funny. And then it cuts to him where the episode starts, where he's looking out uh, on the sunset behind a fence and stuff. And in this case, it's Yami. And so I just thought it was really funny that Yugi was like, BRB, my other self needs to go angst on the road. <laughs> He gives it a pat and is like, alright, buddy, let it out. And he just like transports to Yami, and Yami's like time to pose against the fence. Okay, also in this in this scene, it's supposed to be shoes, like regular shoes, but it looks like Yami is wearing socks with sandals. I swear to god. I literally thought that's what this was until I looked at the other panels. I think they drew his feet wrong. Like, okay, look here, I'm gonna show you the panel. Doesn't it look like those are socks with sandals? It totally does. Yugi changed into his inked socks and sandals. <laughs> It really threw me off. I was like, oh, not a second. So good. But I think they're actually supposed to be sneakers with like a low heel that they just, they forgot to draw like 
with the heel bit, but I was just like, wait a second, hang on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, when you actually see him, uh, when you see other shots of them walking around, it's pretty clearly like regular shoes. LMAO. But that just threw me off for a second because I've never noticed that before. So is any of the Rex, Weevil, and my stuff different, or is that pretty much the same? Uh, the Rex, Weevil, and my stuff is all pretty much the same as far as I Good. can remember. Um, one th- little thing that is different before we get to Duelist Kingdom is that Genochi watches the Shizuka videotape like with all of his friends, uh, specifically because he doesn't have a VCR, so he has to use Yugi's. <laughs> so there's not the slight thing where they don't quite know his motivations, they know it right away. Yeah, so we don't have to have the thing where he's, like, explaining it all to them later after Mm -hmm. the- Yeah, so it's just kind of that- the order of that stuff is just, like, shuffled around, that's all. Okay, interesting. And also, as a nice touch, in this scene, after he's like, I want to get that kind of money or whatever- then Yugi actually briefly switches to Yami Yugi, who pops out and is like, Cheer up, don't give up, take one of my star chips, and that'll prove that you're a duelist, and then you can win. Cute. Yeah, so it's like actually Yami who gives him the star chip, and it's just kind of a cute moment. So it sounds like it sounds like there's three main differences going forward then. One, there's way more Yami and like the gang consciously acting with behaving with yami as though he's a different person Mm -hmm. two bakura is like actually part of the group and then three more grandpa i think i'm satisfied about the grandpa part to be honest i would love little videotape grandpa we actually don't get a whole lot of camcorder grandpa just knowing he's there means a lot to me though yeah the only scene where he shows up in this is where um it's like right before weevil shows up and throws the cards um grandpa is like Mm -hmm. yugi something is bugging me and then they're I just wonder why Pegasus is getting all of these duelists together, and it seems like there's something fishy about this whole tournament in the first place. Mm. And then Yugi's like, hmm, yeah, that's true. I, I wonder about that. Interesting. Um, also, like I said earlier, when Joey jumps off the boat, Yugi does not also jump. Um, he and Bakura and Honda and Anzu are like all right there. And they're like, call somebody, get the rescue equipment, etc., etc. And that happens right away. And then um, you see, again, more Yami. Yami pops out and is like, Haga, when we get to Duelist Kingdom, I'm going to take you out first. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so it seems like at this point in the manga, as opposed to the anime, there's like a more fluid control over when Yugi can like switch between himself and Yami Yugi and like how much they're able to communicate, which makes sense given like what we talked about, about how... The character development of that in the first few volumes after Death T was like the first time he remembered having his other self and stuff like that. Like ha- what happened when his other self was out and stuff like that. So Interesting. Oh, I really like that. That's good analysis. I like that. Uh, so yeah, that, I mean, that's pretty much it. I There's a couple of other little details, but for the most part, that's it. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up our manga corner. think we're good for this episode so thank you guys so much for listening and next episode we will be diving into uh, a bit of a double feature Uh, as we move forward and we start having some more duels um, you'll notice that sometimes we combine a couple episodes into one episode just because the duels go by they're pretty easy to summarize yeah Um, so we'll do our first two for one next episode we'll see how that goes but very exciting I just don't think I have two episodes of content in me about uh, Perfect (laughs) Ultimate Great Moth or whatever the hell it's called. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. We'll see. So yeah, next next up is going to be episodes four and five of Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters. Um, So just to let you know about that combination ahead of time, on the off chance that anybody is like watching along with us or anything like that, just know that that's what we're going to be doing. Mm -hmm. Be prepared. And we're going to see them arrive at Duelist Kingdom and we're going to see, just as was promised, Yugi's first duel against Weevil. See you guys later. Bye, everyone. Bye. Say goodbye to Exodia! Thanks for listening to Battle City Broads. If you have any comments, you can contact us at Battle City Broad on Twitter without the S or by emailing us at battlecitybroads at gmail.com.